Welcome back to another installment of the Evolution Exchange podcast. Today, I'm joined by Max Peterson, Ziad El-Zain, Anders Lassimore, and Masood Kalali to discuss proactive versus reactive working. Before we get into the topic any further, let's work our way around the room with some introductions. So, Mats, would you like to kick us off? Yeah. Hello, everyone. I'm Mats Pettersson. I work as uh, head of architecture at uh, Enento. Enento is, uh, provides business and uh, consumer information in the Nordics. So it's a lot about data and uh, predictive uh, analysis and a lot of IT and technology, of course. My background is in the IT industry since the mid 80s. Uh, I I enjoy, I think technology is exciting, so I'm definitely in the right place right now. I'm working a lot with technology and uh, and data. On the more personal side, I, I see myself as a, a constant learner. I, I do practice yoga and uh, qigong. I, I grow chili peppers, that could be a topic for another podcast maybe, and uh, uh, you find me with a camera in my hand uh, uh, many times if you meet me in the street. So I think that's that's about me in a few sentences. Lovely, thank you, Matt. So have you managed to grow many peppers this summer? Yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> the heat wave has helped you out. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Lovely. Um, Ziad, we'll come to you next. Yes. Uh, yeah, my name is Ziad Alzain. Uh, I started my uh, IT journey, uh, at least my career, in uh, 2016 at Spotify, and I started there as an IT specialist or technician. Um, and I worked there for about three years and helped build out some infrastructure and and office builds and uh, just general support. Uh, which then I uh, left Spotify for the company that I work at right now, which is M or Volvo Car Mobility. And uh, the company is essentially a car share, uh, carpool sharing platform um, uh, and mobility platform. So uh, you, you can rent cars through an app, essentially. And it's uh, owned by Volvo. And I worked there, I started there in uh, 2019 and um, was an IT technician, uh, was the only IT technician for the company. Uh, and uh, we've steadily been increasing our team and uh, I'm now the IT manager for, for the company. So a lot of strategic work, a lot of uh, proactive uh, um, planning and, and, and uh, yeah, and, and just owning the whole platform of, of the infrastructure. And uh, on a personal note, uh, I'm an avid gamer. Uh, I used to collect the consoles from back in the day. Uh, nowadays, uh, not so much. I have a, a six-year-old daughter, so she, I'm trying to wing her into <laughs> some older stuff, uh, but she's very hooked onto like the new touchscreen stuff. So maybe I'll get there. And uh, on like my free time, I uh, enjoy uh, professional wrestling and I delve into that as well. So I train it and I perform in front of audiences as well in uh, Stockholm and a little bit around Sweden. Nice, lovely. Thank you, Ziad. And Anders, we're going to come to you next. Uh, yeah, sure. I'm uh, Anders Vedemar. I'm the uh, head of SRE uh, or Site Reliability Engineering or uh, Service Reliability Engineering is probably the more appropriate abbreviation. Uh, at Springworks International. Uh, Springworks is a, uh, a similar to Said. Uh, we, we're in the uh, connected car uh, field, if you want. Uh, so we build a connected car platform, uh, which connects cars to the internet, basically. We, I wouldn't say that we're a competitor to M directly, but, uh, but we're in the similar field. Um, and so, yeah, I work with 
proactive and reactive things every day. So, so this, this struggle in reliability, trying to be more proactive uh, than you are reactive. Uh, so this to me is a very interesting topic. Uh, on, a, on a personal note, I spend most of day, my days now with my uh, my son, who is Sarai, a year and a half. So he, he uh, I'm just trying to catch up with him when when he runs away from me, basically. Uh, and besides that, this summer I've been I've been painting my uh, my big old farmhouse, uh, which uh, requires a lot of maintenance. And uh, this summer I, I I chose one side. Uh, let's <laughs> see if I have time next summer to do another side. Uh, but yeah, that's that's what I've been spending my summer doing. Is it nice. that you would just go around each summer and paint one side, and by the time you are done, you have batted that first side and continue rolling around. Exactly. exactly. It's infinity. It never stops. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Maybe you have to hop on a podcast next year, and we'll know how far you've gotten. <laughs> right. Yeah. Nice. And last but not least, Masood, a little introduction to you. Yeah, sure. Uh, so I've been in software development industry for about 17 years, something along that line. And most notably in past 10 years, I've, building, I've been building platforms. Uh, first, maybe six, seven years, I've been at Oracle and building Oracle Cloud Platform uh, to do something called Service Manager that manages all the cloud instances and cloud service types that Oracle offers. And about three years ago, I moved to something very close to home here, Swedbank, and I'm working on building a new development platform, a microservices development platform that is going to eventually displace the current digital channel for Swedbank. And for those who don't know, Swedbank is one of the, maybe there's no clear answer to that, one of the top three banks in Sweden, and it is as a group active within Nordics and Baltic countries. Uh, whenever I'm not working, and we are not doing something at home or in vacation or something. I am outdoors, uh, being running, being paddleboarding, being swimming, being whatever. I'll just be outdoors. If it's summer, it's water sport, forest, etc., etc. If it's winter, it's something on the snow and ice. So you may see me outdoors, uh, <laughs> running or swimming or biking or something along that line. Nice, lovely. Now that we all know you a bit better, we will head into the topic in focus. So you've all prepared a question or a statement based on proactive versus reactive working. And as usual, we'll work our way around the room where you can each ask your question and give your thoughts. Um, first of all, we'll actually establish what we feel reactive and proactive working is. Um, so before I find tell the definition that I found online or what the, the Internet seems to think, has anyone got any ideas as to what they feel proactive and reactive working is? Yeah, I would say, uh, at least for me, it's uh, it's basically planned versus unplanned working. So um, your planned working being the things that you are, are strategizing or you have a vision to achieve, and then the unplanned is what could happen during uh, the planned phase. So if there's anything that goes down or if there's uh, uh, a part of the tech that needs to be completed or anything like that that's not necessarily in the vision essentially um is what i would call like reactive or unplanned working yeah i think it's uh, I, I agree I, I would like to add some kind of learning or, or feedback loop uh, into that so uh, but of course that's part of mm, the planning but but i think learning uh, is is essential in order to go from reactive to to proactive something like that i i think 
that was a good coverage. I, I would just add that generally speaking, when there is a lot of reactive work, it is the inbound stream of work that set the cadence, being the cadence for development, being the cadence for lack of innovation or anything of that sort. And while you're looking at things holistically and strategically and proactively, you set the cadence on what should happen in what order and when. So basically, if you're reactive, you're more likely to be just a slave to inbound events and inbound work. And when you're proactive, you are master of the work that is going to be done and how and when of it. Hmm. I would just second all, all of what you guys have said, but I, I think of it in sort of a, in an analogy. I, I watch a lot of sports, so for, forgive me if, if I <laughs> use sports analogies going forward, but I, hopefully this is the only one. I, I think of it as like your, your proactivity is your tactics going into a game, at least a team in team sports, you tend to use tactics unless you're far superior than every opponent that you play. Uh, and your reactivity, if you will, that that is what you apply on the field, on the pitch, on the rink. Uh, I, I realize this analogy falters a little bit because if you have 11 Lionel Messi's and you're playing football, then you might not need any tactics to win every football game anyway, but <laughs> I, I still think it's somewhat relevant at least. Nice. I mean, I think you've all summed it up much better than Google has um, but they just said it states reactive working is when you respond to a crisis as they arise, whereas proactive working means anticipating the needs and challenges so that you're prepared to overcome them. And I think you've all summed that up perfectly and expanded on, on that as well. Um, so we will get into the questions now then. And Masood, you are first. Um, so you asked, how do we move from a proactive mindset from a reactive mindset? And what are the strategies to become proactive? And so tell us more about this question and some context behind it. Yeah, absolutely. So since we are working in the software industry, most of us and probably most of the listeners are also one way or another involved in software development. I'm going to just bring in some phrases around uh, this profession or this industry. Uh, but if you look around, most of the bigger companies, they are often reactive. And you would ask yourself, okay, how come most of bigger companies end up being at a state that they are constantly reacting to one uh, fire that they need to go and put it down and then comes the next one. Today being an event that causes a bunch of servers disappearing, tomorrow is an event that causes a, a host of switches malfunctioning and the day after it is, well, there is data breach and we need to deal deal with that one. So the whole thing comes from the, uh, from the point of they didn't start that way, they all started with having plans, strategies, and executing on your strategy, getting things done in a proper order, and having a clear vision of where they are going to go in a year, in two years, in five years, and so on and so forth. But along the way, what happens is that teams and individuals start saying yes too often. And when you say yes too often, you are going to be taking more than you can deliver. You are slowly switching to an output-based, let's say, way of working rather than outcome-based way of working. You don't have the time to basically go back, regroup, re-educate, assess, and refactor the way that you're working, the way that you're doing what you are doing. So you're staying in an old way of doing things. You are never saying no, so there is no prioritization. Anything that comes in, you say yes. Whoever is speaking louder is getting their task done first. And everything that uh, and everything basically goes toward getting an output to the team or the organization that is asking for it. That is how it comes from 
a well-taught organization to something that is basically reacting to whatever is coming in, being incidents, being work that is being pushed by management or other teams and dependencies, or being things that you feel that, oh, we must do this, we have to do this, we can't put this aside for tomorrow or next week or next month. The way to basically move from that back to a more planned work, because you can never say that we are just going to be entirely proactive. There is always a mix of proactive and reactive. The measure of it, how much you go proactive and how much of it is reactive is, let's say, 20, 80, depending on the organization, depending on type of the work and so on and so forth. How you would go from the state of having a lot of reactive work to proactive work, the first state of it is, well, say no and stop doing what you are doing. Look back at why you are doing all these inbound things that you do, which is going to add up to the incidents that are going to come maybe a month later, maybe six months later, maybe a year later. Look back at those and say, well, we shouldn't say yes to everything. We should go back, look and think a bit long term rather than short term project based. Let's look at it long term product based, something that's going to be viable. 10 years down the road, nine years down the road, 20 years down the road, because most enterprises, they develop something that's going to be in production for years and years. It is not few months, it's not few weeks, it's a product that's going to serve users for years. So the first thing is think about it long-term, that is going to be around more or less forever in terms of like software systems. <laughs> and a second part of it is really uh, develop an understanding of how you came to where you are, that is all reactive work or majority reactive work rather than proactive. From there is probably a lot of budget and planning, a lot of attempt to prevent attrition, because one of the things that happened with reactive work, you will start having so much cognitive overload or load on the individuals that you will have a lot of attrition. People will leave. When people leave, the organization's knowledge will disappear with them. So the next person that comes is going to basically start somewhere in the middle without having the whole history, the whole picture, the why of things and the how of things. And so a bit of budgeting, planning, analysis, a little bit of looking into anticipating the future, what we are going to need six months down the road, a year down the road and five years down the road. From there, uh, it is basically go toward having education because every level in our organization, you need to further enable and educate people, not only about what they are doing. If a network engineer is doing networking, they need to be educated on what is the impact of the work that they are doing for the whole enterprise. It is not that, hey, uh, my job is to, I don't know, configure this firewall. That's it. Uh, that's, that's not going to pan out how that work is impacting the organization enterprise as whole. So education, not only about the technical aspect of things, but the organizational aspect of it as well. And adding a little bit of, let's say, long-term thinking, developing understanding of organization, anticipating the future work and education uh, will very likely reduce the amount of reactive work and move toward proactive. That, of course, let's say, leaks into software architecture as well. How you build software systems have a direct impact on are you going to be doing reactive maintenance or you're going to have a proactive uh, as Anders is going to probably very likely talk about it in more details, uh, reliability engineering. Uh, have you built into your system some resilience? Have you built into your system some observability? Have you 
consider all these aspects when you are building this or when you are overhauling your software system or not. So there are a variety of aspects that you can look at, um, sort of, let's say, attack the reduction of reactive work and moving to our proactive. Nice. Has anyone got any thoughts or strategies of how they would become more proactive? Well, I, I like the I like all your points that you bring up, Masood, but I, I also feel like um, a, you know, a company or an organization also is uh, is affected by whatever market they're they're into and depending on how that landscape is changing within you know there is that kind of um you have to be kind of on your toes mentality and 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 be that quick uh changing organization or, or at least going from a reactive quickly to a proactive mindset so if 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 something changes big competition or 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 something of that ilk um, to be able to have that like fluidity to see that, identify it, and then react to it, build something from there, and then slowly move that reaction into proactive. Uh, I think that uh, I think there is a space for that to for that to happen or needs to happen uh, to have that fluidity uh, within an organization. Absolutely, I think the organization survival in the marketplace should be one of the top priorities uh, when we are planning how. For uh, sure. To produce the outcome that you want to produce. I mean, if you look at these, uh, if you look at the tech giants uh, and all their infinite wisdom, perhaps uh, it's all the, it's all about uh, reaction based. You know, uh, it's it's uh, one one service does one thing, and then everyone has to emulate that. I mean, if you look at just YouTube, or if you look at just music streaming in general, it's just uh, you know maybe Spotify started it, but like look how many streaming services we are now. So there is like a reactive sense to the to the tech industry. Like everyone wants to take part of that, wants to be, uh, wants to emulate or make it better, make it their own. Um, so that's definitely uh, something that is like, it, it's it's a birthing process, like from a reactive standpoint into a proactive one. Matt, any thoughts from you? Yeah, I think uh, it's, uh, it's not a bad thing to be reactive and it's not necessarily a good thing to become proactive. So I, I think it's a lot about the balance. I think what you said, Sia, the, the flu fluidity is uh, is important, and and uh, yeah, just be aware of it. And uh, the education part, I think, is very important, and and the way you share information and knowledge within the company is is crucial also. So it, I think it's a learning game. I'm I'm back to the learning experience. It's uh, it's so important to to have that mindset. Continue yeah. building on that. Yeah. I think that's such a great point as well um, in terms of the education or the knowledge. When you were pointing out that uh, when people leave the organization, they bring all this legacy or the, the history of the company with them. And and that's usually filled in with someone that has nothing. And, and they might need to go from like, you know, patching wounds and or, you know, like uh, very much like take, uh, build, uh, taking out all the fires first and then figuring in out everything and that costs a lot of money it takes a lot of time um for sure i think this is the difficult balance here when if we're, if we're talking about the enterprise uh, uh that's one thing to like turn a, a, a big big boat around and trying to become more proactive uh, it's always going to save not not only money it's going to save a lot of stress for your employees yeah. probably you can do that so that, I, I thought that was an important point that you made myself but I also want to put comment on the the experimentation, which is obviously so important in the in what we do. So there's got to be room for that. But I think it always starts with some sort of uh, vision. It starts with some sort of mission statement that you 
that you build upon and on that you build a strategy. On your strategy, you have some sort of plan uh, and, and from that you can set targets or create some goals for yourself. Uh, and uh, obviously SRE provides a framework for operational goals and targets. Uh, it, it doesn't really solve your business goals or business targets, but it, it is a framework that, that can be applied in a lot of, uh, in, in a big sense in, in software development in, in general. It, it doesn't just have to be focused on operations. And, and that's an important distinction, I think, when, when we talk about SRE and the type of work that I'm involved with. Lovely. Masood, any final thoughts from you? No, uh, everyone actually summed it up. Everyone added it so from a different angle so you're set fantastic lovely so Ziad we'll move on to your question next and you asked is there a stigma and is the stigma justified against working reactively versus proactively and um, so tell us a bit more about your question uh sure yeah well, since uh I feel like there is um kind of like uh when when we talk about maybe looking into hiring people or, or anything, we, we kind of focus in on like, how, what is their judgment? How, how, uh, how is their ability to plan? Um, and going from like their, 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 uh, experiences of, of what they've done in, in terms of like what kind of planned work they've done. Uh, I feel like very rarely do, do we ever talk about in general, uh, about like someone's ability to be reactive and, and how, uh, someone can be, uh, maybe quick witted uh in case uh of w whatever could happen um i believe that there's a there's definitely a space for that to to for uh for that skill to be not only uh to build upon that but to learn it uh, within us uh, within ourselves and uh, and i mean working within it you know it in general is a very reactionary by nature you know uh, things pop up issues incidents um and so there is this kind of uh, feeling that you know uh, that pro that everything should be proactive because that's how we uh, that's how we get forward or that's how we push forward that's how things get done. Uh, but I believe also that uh, being that kind of on your toes, quick-footed, quick-minded, uh, reactionary uh, mindset could also benefit a lot to an organization uh, because I mean even though you can't plan for everything and when something eventually or doesn't work the way it does like how do we then dig ourselves out how do we then learn from that like you mentioned Mats, and then how do we uh, build that for the future so but to get out of that hole uh we need to be reactive and i think there is a, a place for us to to inherently get better at that just in general so what i mean with like stigma is that there is uh, just by going by some of the questions that were answered or asked earlier uh, it seemed like there was like a very like we have to move away from the proactive mindset or sorry we have to move away from the reactive mindset and think more proactively but i i would i would say that there is room for both and depending on maybe what market you're in or what you what you do maybe one ha outweighs the other um but in general i mean obviously i think that proactive is is how we build things and then reactive is how we make sure that the things that we build don't crumble or don't falter. Nice, lovely. Anders, have you got any first thoughts on that one? Yeah, I sort yeah. of think it, it's... Uh, oh, what's the question for me? No, it's good. You go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I think I think it's... Uh, I, don't, I, I don't know if stigma is the... It's the correct word. It's a bit, it's a bit strong, perhaps, but I th I do think your your point about it on an individual level is very important. That it's 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 such a useful skill to have. Uh, obviously, people who can think on the fly, who can adapt to situations, is sort of built into the uh, agile 
methodology and sometimes it's perhaps overstated that we need to adapt to change and, and things like that on an individual level. I, I do think a lot of times that it, it is put a bit too much on the individual to adapt to uh, organizational uh, shortcomings in trying to come up with a, a good plan ahead. Uh, so that ties into the previous question, obviously, with trying to be proactive on, on an organizational level to to allow your uh, employees to still be uh, be if not reactive, at least be be ahead of things and. Uh, allow them to take the time to learn, like we, we talked about learning a lot of already, uh, and it's such an important aspect of, of the type of work that we do. Uh, and, and if you're constantly in a reactive state as an individual, uh, you're never gonna get that that sort of mindset to learn. You're sort of always putting out those fires and then uh, on an individual level, you'll be too stressed out. Uh, so, but, but it's an important point to, to make that on an individual level, it's it's so important to have those people that can uh, do things on the fly. Uh, so it's a very good point, I think. Yeah, I agree. And, and we could spice this topic up with adding uh, another dimension and, and talk about budgeting processes and uh, and uh, uh, follow-ups uh, on those things. Because I think it's very interesting to see how, I don't know how you work, but uh, in, in my history, I think... Uh, all the budgeting processes expect us to be proactive and, and sort of know about the future. But of course, we don't do that. Things happen all the time. We we have just left the pandemic behind us and there is a, a war in, in Europe. And uh, I mean, what, what's next? I mean, it's it's quite hard to be pro, proactive uh, in those senses. So I don't have any answers to the budgeting question, but uh, I, I think it just spices up the whole uh, topic a little, my, my two cents. Yeah, I totally uh, agree that there should be room for reactive work. Uh, and the reason for that mainly stems from unknown unknowns. So no matter how we, how we plan, we are most often working in novel areas. Mm. What we do is not something that has been done a million times before. And we know exactly every nook and cranny of the work that we say like, this is exactly how it is going to be done. So we know everything about it and that's it. But rather, especially nowadays with bigger distributed systems, there are a lot of unknown unknowns that mm. planning for them can enroll sort of organizations uh, into being not that profitable because testing for those, having contingency for those is very hard. So there is always room for reaction and reacting to what is happening in the whole complex system that is a bigger software uh, serving, I don't know, millions of users uh, every day for variety of purposes. Uh, but as organization as whole, generally speaking, should look into having a vision as Anders mentioned, having a strategy on top of that and having plans to execute on those strategies and moving more proactively toward that vision while leaving the room to react to those unknown unknowns or sometimes even known unknowns that we don't want to budget for in our plan and we say that well if it came we at least have some level of understanding some plan on how to deal with it and we move forward but absolutely uh 100 i agree yeah any final thoughts no i think everyone uh is very thorough with uh, with or added to the the conversation 
Uh, I would be interested to to see if there's any kind of um, it just from my from my like uh, maybe an HR perspective or if there's like any trainings or I mean I know that we a lot of people work in the agile mindset but that's just the framework for people to use I just wonder if there's any like inherent trainings and things like that that people can take a part of to how to be more quick footed it would be kind of an interesting thing to delve into. I, I can tell you that that's one of the things that very likely you would only get better at by being at that work, by doing it. So reading and studying and so on and so forth, previous incidents, previous disaster, etc., etc., helps. But usually previous disasters are not going to happen the same way again. Yeah. And becoming quick with it and being uh, very quick to figure out where to look, how to look what science to pay attention to. All of it comes from actually being in thick of it often enough that you understand the organization and the system uh, that, hey, this sign is probably five level down on the right uh, coming from a database, in a sense, being throttled on, I don't know, uh, or coming from uh, one particular uh, cache is not responding as fast as it should that is sitting five layers deeper in, in one of the dependencies. So it is mostly just being in a thick of it, in my opinion. It's uh, it's almost like uh, being proactive, reactive. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah. I also think I'm, I'm going to put in my opinion here as well. I think it also comes down to a bit of resilience as well. When you do have those crises or, you know, something goes wrong, you can either do that reactive work or you can sit and wallow and think, why has that happened? And, you know, either blame yourself or the team and, you know, spend maybe a couple of hours or days just thinking about well, why has it gone wrong rather than doing that reactive work. So, you know, you, you've always got that proactive, reactive and then potentially even no work yeah. i think also uh an important part of it is if if uh, if uh, things don't go as planned and uh, people are panicking is that um once everything is said and done and and patched up is that to have that retrospective to have that like post-mortem to have a check-in with the team or to the people that have been uh, affected by said incident for example and see like well how did that how does that how does that make you feel like what are you feeling now and then like meet them at the, like the individual level you know on a human level because um i think that will also motivate them to be more proactive as well perhaps uh, there's the whole you, you mentioned postmortems. I, I i could not read this there's the whole <laughs> idea of pre-mortem so when we are building a product we are thinking about starting building something and we have some level of let's say architecture in place a pre-mortem is that hey Everyone that is involved, let's sit around this table together and have an honest conversation. How do we think that this is going to fail? And everyone who is involved and everyone who has an understanding of this kind of architecture and this kind of system would provide, well, I think this is how it's going to fail. And the group as well can decide, should we put measure in place to <laughs> prevent it, predict it and prevent it? Or should we just decide that, well, this is the accept and when it happens, we are going to detect it and uh, react to it. So that's one way that we are at least trying to look at it when we are creating more critical services that before we send it anywhere in, in production or even in our test environments, like let's sit together and see how this is going to fail. Because they will fail. Use your imagination and see how will it fail and yeah. we will decide what to do about it. And from there, we'll take it that, yeah, pre-mortem and then when it fails, you go to our postmortem. Yeah. Is it Murphy's Law? <laughs> well, Murphy's Law is like, 
no matter what you do, things are going to eventually fail. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and maybe O'Connor's law, because he thought Murphy was an optimist, so <laughs> you could plan for that as well. <laughs> the extension of this obviously exists within the concept of SRE, where you apply chaos engineering to your system oh. and yeah. apply, uh, input chaos into it, input stuff that you don't understand yourself and see how the system behaves. So th there is a concept that, that uh, transcends this. So. Uh, yeah. Nice, Anders. You have to change your uh, title, your job title, to Chaos Maker after oh, this uh, podcast yeah, now. <laughs> Feel um, like you lovely. need to have a gauntlet uh, <laughs> with that title as well. <laughs> nice. So, yeah. Anders, we will move on to your question next. So, you asked, "What success could there be in spite of or because of working reactively, whether it was intentional or not?" So, tell us a bit more about your question. Yeah, sorry about the the convoluted uh, question. First of all, uh, but I think we've already touched a little bit on it that. There, there, there can be cases, there can be uh, business ideas that, that doesn't really suit well to just be proactive. You you actually have to be uh, reactive. You have to react to the industry or you might have to react like you touched upon the what, what has happened in Europe lately. We have touched upon what's happened globally with the pandemic. Uh, you, what, what do you have examples within your work life? Do you have examples from previous companies or the companies that you work at now that where you have seen that uh, even if we took an active strategy here to be reactive, it worked out pretty well. Uh, that, that that would be interesting for me to hear. I, I know that at our company, we have had an, an active strategy too, like we touched upon before with experimentation. We have tried a bunch of different features. We have tried about a bunch of different things and see what sticks, see what works. And Sometimes it works out, sometimes it doesn't, but every every single time you learn something. So uh, it, it's not necessarily a negative thing to, to have a reactive strategy uh, up front even. Uh, so that would be interesting to hear uh, others input on. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't uh, really heard that uh, any of my employers have a reactive or proactive uh, sort of strategy. I, I think maybe through this business agility and uh, agile way, ways of working, it, it gets uh, introduced. I, I, I know the, the concept of these uh, wheels, you do this yearly planning and, and stuff like that, but it's, it's sort of, of a different beast. But uh, as soon as you introduce a new service or application or component you know you will have to life cycle manage it somehow and uh, yeah i don't i lost myself there i, I believe but uh, <laughs> but uh, i think it's an interesting twist on your question there please someone help me out there <laughs> we have uh... We have had reactionary planning for adoption of services. So when we are developing services, because mainly I've been involved in developing platforms and platforms offer services and some of those services will be adopted and will be used. And some of them basically will be just like, mm, it's meh, no. Depending on the reaction, depending on the feedback and reaction that we get from, uh, from the consumers, uh, we plan how we want to uh, invest on further development. But other than that, when it comes to a bigger scale, a scale bigger than, let's say, uh, tactical tasks, I do not have any instances actually on uh, taking things reactively. Uh, mainly it was like, 
well, with, with it a stick, essentially, as you said, this, this whole service, this whole uh, pass offering, or nobody would want to use it and we'll just recycle it and archive it and move on. Uh, otherwise, tactically, I can't remember. Mm. Yeah, I, uh, I'm just thinking as well from, you know, our, we have our SRE team that had a uh, chaos day not too long ago, um, where they kind of, you know, were instructed to break things as much as they could and for, <laughs> in preparation for the, for the worst. But, um, yeah, I, I, uh, I think, uh, if there is, if we take something like, uh, like pen testing, for example, you know, that's something where people develop their services or components, and then they, they, they build them out to the, to the extent that they believe that it fits that mold or it does that job. And then you have, uh, people coming in and poking holes into it and seeing it. And then that kind of maybe opens their eyes into like how much of that proactive nature or mindset was used when building that service. Um, so I think, and, and that has come up like, um, that, that I feel is like a, a tangible, um, a way to kind of like prevent it, prevent, um, maybe loose proactiveness <laughs> within building components, uh, or like at least, uh, put that thought into them, the education and also, uh, put that safety in as well. But, um, yeah, uh, I feel kind of like in the same boat as Masood, I don't have much other, uh, tactility within that. Um, within that scope in the in our organization at least I can tell you about some success that we've had in terms of you know being reactive so obviously as we all know the the lockdown happened in the pandemic a couple of years ago and that's actually when the podcast was born um so you know we we worked reactively and we thought right we can't either go and do client visits or we you know we can't meet people our clients can't meet each other anymore everyone's working from home and that's like I said, when the podcast was born, just so we can get to know people better, they can get to know each other. And I like to say that it, it's been a success. Obviously, we're not in the pandemic anymore. We've brought it out with us and we really enjoy doing it. And, you know, our participants enjoy doing it. So that's, you know, one of the successes that we've had when we've worked reactively after going into lockdown and, you know, brought it back with us as well. Yeah, I think the, I think the pandemic has uh definitely put people in a more reactive mindset just in terms of like how do we how do we do this how do we work remotely how do we, i mean from an it perspective it's been you know like this juggling act of of uh you know how do we make sure that people can still keep doing their jobs uh we because in in my opinion it enables should be enabling people to do the best of their ability and uh, how do we do that when they're not in the office? Um, what do they need to kind of build that? And so you had to go into like solutions mode quickly because it's it, the pandemic isn't waiting for anyone, you know? So, um, and, and those few like uh, initial weeks was very much uh, very many learnings from that as well, just because like, you know, people have different kind of uh, ways of working and how do we make sure that we can deliver that to them and at least have a safe way for them to do their jobs. So, uh, yeah, I mean that, I, and you know, anything could happen uh, at any time. So, uh, there is definitely a recipe of success somewhere in, within the retro, uh, <laughs> the working reactively. Um, yeah. I think sometimes the outcome of a reactive work uh, will show so much success that you say like from now on, this is going to be part of the default. This is going to be how uh, it's going to be the new way of working. It's going to be the, the new way that we are going to be uh, doing incident management. This is going to be the new way that people are going to be working and basically approaching the whole 
concept of having a job and not having an office. So that I totally agree. And it was, it was in some sense, interesting few months, of course, very painful for a lot of people at the beginning, uh, but it was very interesting on how the whole IT industry scrambled uh, to address mm. host of people working from home now and need this team, Zoom, et cetera, et cetera, to actually get things done. And that's on top of all kinds of networking. Uh, that you have mentioned and it's the uh, it's the if there is a will there is a way no, kind of. definitely and does any final thoughts uh the the only thing i will say that it, I, I do think it is uh, a valid strategy in some cases as we touched upon to actually choose to be reactive to, to some things but i will say that you should define beforehand what your exit strategy from whatever it is you you're doing uh is ultimately so that you don't end up stuck with uh, a bunch of different features that you don't even know if anyone's using. So ma make sure your data analysts are telling you how valuable your features are. Uh, and if they're not valuable, uh, get rid of them so that you don't have to support them in, uh, or that IT don't have to support them. Uh, uh, make sure that your reactivity don't end up causing future pains. Uh, yeah. Nice, lovely. Well, we'll head on to the final question. And Matt's is finally your turn. Um, and you asked, how do you balance a reactive and proactive mindset? And are there any tools or techniques that you use in order to find that balance? So tell us a bit more about that. Yeah, I think it's uh, the, the question is similar to, to Masood's, the first question. But I, I had a more personal twist on this one because we have been talking about uh, organizations and uh, IT stuff. But... But what can you as an individual do in order to, to balance that? And, and uh, for me, it's, it's more than a question of uh, work-life balance. So I very simplistic, I think it's, it's about uh, extending the gap between the first feeling or, or reaction you have and, and the action you take. Uh, I'm, I'm very influenced by my uh, Qigong uh, practices and yoga because I think it's about extending the gap that it's good to be reactive, of course, but sometimes it's good to take a couple of breaths before you, you actually do something about it. And I had a manager 35 years ago, I was very upset. I don't remember what I was upset about, but he said uh, the Indians were sleeping two nights before making any decisions when they were in that state of mind as you are right now. So uh, he, with that, he meant I should calm down a little. And I, I think it's important to, to be cold for a while. So I, I think that gap is, is very important. And I also think that you sort of can shape your day in advance. And, and now I'm not talking about organization. It's more about uh, personal leadership, maybe, that you, you can really decide to some extent how you want to show up at, uh, at the office. And uh, so it's a lot about your attitude and uh, and. Uh, I'm back to learning and curiosity and, and, and of course, but, but to keep an open mindset and uh, continue learning, I think it's very important. I think the whole reactive, proactive discussion, I think it's been a, a very interesting discussion we have had here, but I think it, it differs if you look at individuals or, or teams and, and uh, organizations. So, so uh, 
Yeah, with, with uh, that said, I, I think uh, I I have a practice that I, I don't follow it every week, but I, I on the Friday afternoon, I don't just uh, close the computer and uh, say I'm finished for the week. I, I, I try to summarize what, what are the important stuff next week. Uh, and of course, they can already have changed by Monday morning, but, but at least I have an idea what is important for me. I Before I go on vacation, I usually write a letter to myself in, <laughs> in a Word document or a notebook or, or whatever. But it's, it's quite interesting to, find, to, to read that letter later on. What, what were the big things that troubled you before vacation and how have things changed? It, it helps you to, to get that perspective. So I, I think very much perspective, thinking about the gap between action, reaction and, and action. So that's, that's the thoughts I, I wanted to, to add to this very interesting discussion. I think uh, that was very beautifully put. I think, uh, I think we think a lot about uh, the organization and not maybe enough about the people and how, mm. they, how they react to uh, certain events or incidents or, or, or whatever. I mean, for, for me, I feel like the biggest wave to kind of diffuse any kind of tension, uh, whether it be something that is happening, is uh, I, I'm a big proponent of using humor to to make sure that people around me feel that oh, it's not as you know intense or it's not as big mm -hmm. as it it might have been. You know, everybody's minds work differently, and especially when they're under pressure. And uh, I I you know at least from from my background, it's you you, you kind of meet your colleagues. Uh, with a calmness and with a relaxed, you know, uh, look on your face and, and meet mm -hmm. them with, with the uh, kindness and, and humor. And that tends to like get people out of their kind of like zone yeah. of, of stress or, or if they're reacting to something and then into like, okay, now how do we solve this or how do we move on and how, how do we plan for it? Uh, to to so it doesn't happen in the future, for example. Mm. Yeah, humor is is good. It's uh, <laughs> we we had a, a KPI at one of my previous employers. We had a laugh index, and uh, the one who laughed the most got the cake. <laughs> the whole team got the cake, and uh, that made them laugh even more. So I, I loved, I, I really loved hearing their laughs during the day because they were having so much fun. And then we were eating cake together and having more fun. <laughs> so we had, I was so going to say, like... I'm going to take that to my boss straight after this podcast. <laughs> so it's, what is it, like revenue and then like <laughs> KPIs and North, North Star goals and then laughter index. And like, maybe yeah. they are correlated, you know? They are, I think they are, 100%. <laughs> Happy people yeah. usually work better or, you yeah, know. Yeah. Anders, have you got any tips or tricks that you use when you need to work proactively or reactively? Uh, I guess we already did this quite a lot, even before the pandemic within, within if we call it, this industry IT. Uh, but I, I think we were pretty good at asynchronous communication before, but I think it's been even even more so now that you don't necessarily have to respond to every email or every slack message immediately you you actually have a little bit of time to think about what what you want to say and if if it's that urgent then maybe use a different method of communication but uh, I, I think uh, this is what those tools are are good for uh, you you don't necessarily have to stress out just because you get a little pop up notification uh, and I think more, more and more industries realized this during the pandemic because a lot of 
what's written about asynchronous communi communication. And I think people in general are, are getting better at that. We're still getting used to how to actually use our, our mobile devices, but uh, I think we're at least we're getting better and better at not stressing out when we get those notifications popping up all the time. So that is one tool that I've, I've been trying to use and push others to use as well to uh, not necessarily expect them response immediately when you write something somewhere i'm not gonna lie i'm very bad at that as soon as i get a notification i feel like i have to look <laughs> at it i'm one of those people that i can't have any of the red circles on any of my apps i can't have it <laughs> so tricky. i need it's to what, be it's a what bit... they made for that's the, the yeah, exactly <laughs> yeah, yeah. i need to be a bit more relaxed and not check them so anders if you've got any tips after the podcast you can let me know <laughs> <laughs> airplane mode i recommend airplane mode. <laughs> oh that's good i'll bear that mind <laughs> yeah. Uh, there is this, uh, there is this, let's say, we, we generally have Slack and there's Microsoft Teams, and there are a few of these uh, software systems that we generally use to stay in touch with each other at work. And almost all of them have all notifications enabled by default. And hmm. there is this new communication application that is slowly, slowly getting a, a foothold and it doesn't have any notification. There's no notification to begin with. And when I was sort of uh, listening to the founder speaking about the whole application was, he was saying that we don't even have person X is typing. So mm -hmm. when you're talking to someone and they start typing, depending on the type of relationship that you have with them, you feel that, oh, I must stay by the screen and wait for that typing to finish. So I see what they say and I respond or something along that line. It's like, no, asynchronous communication is that one is asynchronous. You don't need to respond to it immediately. You don't need to get notification all the time. And second, there's no need for that person X is typing. If a message arrives, when you're ready, you look at it and you respond to it. And the whole uh, asynchronous communication with uh, having about 25 notification per minute arriving and asking you to come and respond, they are not like, matching that well together. Uh, so that was a tidbit that is happening, uh, has happened recently that I was reading that. Yeah, this is uh, the new way to do it. Yeah, it, it, it uh, I might be misremembering this, but it, there is something in the saying of like that you, it takes 15 minutes or something like that for your mind to readjust back into what you were doing yeah. initially. And once it's broken through maybe notifications or, or anything that's reactive that that you it, you're constantly in this mode of never really getting into uh, your initial uh, task or, or or whatever. Um, I, I might be misremembering like the minutes, but it, it's a, it's a significant amount. Uh, it, depending on the complexity of task, uh, it's different amount of time. Yeah, it it takes you a different amount of time to get back to what we generally call the zone mm. that you have everything basically in front of you and you can see the whole situation and start uh, continuing or continue doing the work that uh, you are doing. Uh, I, I can't remember the exact number of minutes, maybe 15, 20 minutes, something along that line Yeah, uh, is the beginning of it actually. Which is insane to think yeah. about when, when, when it's being said out loud, it's like, wow, it's really, it's a lot of time that you, you put into being interrupted essentially and then reacting to something uh, um, yeah. Any final thoughts, Matt? No, I think I've enjoyed the, the discussion very much. So Good, I'm glad. I'm, I'm going to open it up to the floor. Does anyone have any final questions or any final thoughts about proactive versus reactive working? I, I, I was, uh, sorry, yeah. Um, no, go on. I think uh, uh, something that maybe, I don't know if Matt, you, you were 
maybe uh, hoping to get an answer of, and, and I'm at least curious about it, but when we say uh, like the tools um, uh, that people might be using, um, I was wondering if anyone has, like Masud, you mentioned this uh, asynchronous uh, chat application, but does anyone else have any kind of tools that they use on the regular uh, for that, whether it be maybe like some sort of web service or application, or like maybe if it is just airplane mode uh, <laughs> or, or something of that ilk, I'd be really interested to, to know if anyone has something in line. So um, the, the first thing that I would highly recommend is disabling the notifications. If something is urgent that needs your attention right away, synchronously, you will get a phone call. Mm. So if it is a text message that is arriving, it probably is not a house on fire. We need you to react now. So that would save you a lot of, oh, uh, who is it? What they are saying, uh, time to go back, check, come back to your work. If it's urgent, you will get a call. Believe me, when incident happens and it's urgent, you will get a call. Nobody's going to message you about uh, I don't know, core services are down or houses on fire or whatever. They're going to call you. If you only knew how many times uh, I've gotten a notification or someone wrote something to me and me not having to respond to it for f at least five minutes and I always get the answer, but I we solved it, no worries. You know, yeah. like, it's very, yeah. that I get that so yeah. often. It's uh, it's almost it's almost funny. It's like, uh, Oh, just wait a bit. It'll solve itself. And yeah, it did. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I guess it's easier said than done, but I think it's very much about owning your sort of calendar and your own priorities. And, and that's what I meant a little with shaping your day in advance. And, and of course, you can't really shape it exactly how you want it, but but I think you can do more than than you than you think. It's uh, there are huge possibilities if you maybe even the evening before tomorrow you you start shaping your day and what you expect as the outcomes and uh, how I, I I believe as an extreme you can sort of also decide how you react to different situations to to sort of avoid the drama or or be be the calm person in the room and or or so but it's i mean it's lifelong learning and <laughs> something you can practice forever but but i think we can all do much more than we actually are doing yeah you can only you can only control the parts that you can control and but then also allow the yeah. things allow yeah. allow space for unexpected things to happen and yeah. and then like you said decide on how to react to that yeah lovely and i think we will leave the podcast there this has been the evolution exchange podcast i want to take this opportunity to thank matt ziad anders and masood for providing their insights into the topic and thank you all for listening as well if you would like to get involved in one of our upcoming podcasts reach out to me on linkedin or by email at abby.stokes at evolution-nordics.com 